Restaurant Unstoppable episode 1010 with Will Browley. We can control that. I can't control anything else. We can control providing a good product and taking great care of our, our guests, our customers, and then everything else, we just let the chips fall where they may. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, it, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. Restaurants Unstoppable Network is coming back, and we are stronger than ever before. So, During the pandemic, I started the network as a way to evolve and adapt. And when things opened back up, I was on the road again. That is my happy place. But there is value in the network. But I knew I couldn't be on the road and do the network at the same time. So I recruited Callan Miola to be our community manager. And she is killing it. She is organizing things like I could never have done on my own. And we are getting after it. So if you want to be a part of the conversation, the podcast is the leading edge. We're out there. We're turning over rocks. We're finding leads. The network is where we pull back the layers. We dive deep, but we connect our listeners to the tools, services, and organizations that are being referred to us organically. If you want to be in the network, act now because the first 50 people to sign up will get a free t-shirt head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash whatever the episode number is find the link or the banner in the show notes and you will get a 30-day trial to get into the network get a free shirt and if you opt into the one year plan we will throw in a hat and a mug thank you in advance with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest co-owner of schedule fly and author of restaurant owners uncorked and host of the restaurant owners uncorked podcast will browley my man will are you feeling unstoppable today i'm feeling unstoppable man what a great way to start dude yeah love the energy (laughs) thank you very much i gotta crank it up a little bit we're here to inspire so you know it's my job yes sir (laughs) yes um so you were episode 27 You can go back and listen to that episode if you want to. If you're listening to this, I encourage you not to because <laughs> I was so bad back then. Uh, go ahead. No, no way, man. I remember Jeez. doing that, and I remember being so inspired by what you were doing oh, then. Thank and- you. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, we. it was uh, one of my earliest episodes. Um, I've been a fanboy of Schedule Fly ever since. So when I started this podcast, it was all about, like, what are people doing that, you know, what are the little things that, the, the successful restaurants are doing that if I can share this information, I can get this information out to like all restaurant owners. Yeah. And one of the first things for me was like labor management systems. Like, you know, it was, it was systems processes, procedures and high on that list was a labor management tool. And I loved schedule fly because it was so 
it was exactly what you needed and nothing more. Right. Yep. And it was a great tool and, a, and it's so affordable too. It was like $10 a month or something like that when you guys, it's depending a, on the size of the restaurant. It's a little bit more, but it's actually, we have the exact same pricing today that we did in 2007. But still not much. No, it's not much at all. It's about 30, 30 or 40 bucks depending on your size. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the, the amount of time, and this is going back to 2012. So I just remember thinking like it was so like innovational, like being able to, basically put the scheduling in the hands of your team by like opening up shifts and, and, and like, and also putting in like ways to like not let the wrong person take a shift from somebody that, yeah you know, like, like figuring that all out, you, you describe what it is. So I'm not, yeah, I, you know, well, I mean the short version is we, you know, we started in 2007 and, um, Wes Aiken, uh, who is a co-owner and founder, um, used to write the schedule in a restaurant and, Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, the bridge tender wrote it in Excel, which even to this day, there's tens of thousands of restaurants that use Excel and spent three hours every Sunday, you know, piecing together a schedule based on, you know, looking at the back of a ticket or a receipt with some chicken scratch, like Joe doesn't want to work Tuesday, whatever. And, you know, it was a lot of work, a lot of time. And he would go down and he would post it at the restaurant and then, immediately the fun ensues because you know everything has to start changing you know shifts change people want to trade shifts it rains so you're cutting shifts so the idea was like why instead of doing this thing on excel and then making all these manual changes and all these phone calls of like trying to trade shifts like why not just have this simple software where everything can be done online or on your phone with just a click of a button save tons of hours and then also where we can you know understand how much is our schedule going to cost us and make sure we're hitting our labor targets and all that kind of stuff like why not make that just easy save people all that time and energy and that was that was the essence of this business and uh you know 16 years later it's yeah here we are and like the, the way you just describe that is like how i try to explain technology to people who are apprehensive to adopt technology yeah. I'm like listen you need systems, processes, procedures. You can build your own systems for yeah. scheduling. Yeah. Guarantee you they're not going to be as good as some software developer who's like basically devoted their life to this one problem. It's, it's all we do is solve one simple <laughs> yeah. problem. And I mean, I had somebody tell me recently, she said, look, you, you know, it took me literally, she said it took me five hours every week from creating the schedule to managing the schedule now it's like 30 minutes so i mean you know that's a lot of time that you're saving that you're not working on that stuff that you're working on building your culture or you know entertaining your guests or whatever something much more important than spending all that time and energy yeah uh but you know you could build it on your own or you could go plug it into your business and then go and find systems that have been developed and plug them into your business the amount of time and energy you're going to save will end up in the P&L. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And like that's, you can't look at how much more you're spending. You got to think about how much money am I going to save over time? Yep. I think um, I, Schedulefly was always the go to example that I would use. Um, <clears throat> so 2012 or 13 is when I first had you on the show almost 10 years ago. Yeah. What's changed? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, well, you know, one of the things I know you always talk about is like success mantra. You want me to share what mine is? Oh my god, I never did that. I totally, I'm, I'm out of it. Today, That's all right. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll <laughs> yes. tell you what it is because it aligns please. with that question, which is tossing starfish. Tossing starfish. Have you ever heard the story of, of of the girl who's tossing starfish back into the ocean? I have, but I forget it. 
young lady is uh, on the beach and, you know, the tide is going out and there's, there's just miles and miles of starfish that have been washed up on the beach. And so she's walking along and she's picking them up and she's tossing them back into the ocean one by one. This man walks along and he sees her doing it. He says, well, young lady, I see you tossing starfish, starfish back in the ocean. Why are you doing that? She says, well, you know, the, the tide's gone out, and if they stay out here, they're going to dry up and die, and I don't want them to die. I want them to live, so I'm tossing them in. He's like, okay, well, that's, that's nice, but, you know, I mean, I'm looking for miles down the beach. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of starfish. Like, what you're doing isn't going to make a difference. And she looks at him, and she picks a starfish up, and she tosses it back I in think the I ocean. I remember how it goes now. She says, made a difference to that one. Well, the reason that's, – that's, I mean, that's been our mantra all along at Schedule Fly. You know, we have a, a small team of five people. We've had the same five people for all 16 years that we've been doing this. Uh, we've never taken venture capital. We self-funded the business, and we've grown this business through word of mouth, one customer at a time, by just tossing starfish. We take – incredibly good care of our customers it means the world to us if they email us and need something or call us it is we we treat our customers the same way our customers treat theirs we're serving people that are in hospitality we should provide them hospitality too we should make them feel welcome and appreciated and wonderful every time they interact with our company or our brand in any way and that's just literally one phone call at a time one thank you at a time one you know, one interaction at a time, making people feel like we care that they're not just a number. They're not just, you know, a a customer that's a number on a spreadsheet that is on some growth curve. It's just every person matters. And, you know, we've always said like every interaction we have, we want it to be special for these folks. And then we, we can control that. I can't control anything else. We can control providing a good product and taking great care of our, our guests, our customers, and then everything else, we just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, uh, but I think one of the cool things I love about your story, and I love, I love that story too. It's like just goes to show, like it's not you don't have to be the solution for everybody, but if you can be the solution for the one person that matters, yeah, who needs you right now, boom, yeah. Um, but what I love about your company, ScheduleFly, is you chose to kind of keep your product simple. Yes. Like in a world where everyone's trying to become like the one-stop shop for everything, you're like, no, this is what we do. Um, is that right? Am I, am it, I- look, dude, our, our, our software has, I mean, it's been a long time since we've made any significant change to it. I mean, we've fixed like every now and then somebody does some weird series of clicks and it unveils like this little bug or something that we fix. But like we haven't, we've kept our software very much the same for a long time. So you asked what's changed since we talked on episode 27, 10 years ago, the software itself has barely changed if at all Um, for a reason. There are even to this day, uh, tens of thousands of people out there that are on pencil and paper or Excel or whatever. Like we can make life easier for them. We can give them a tool that'll free them up and save them time, save them money, save them energy. Uh, and and then there's on the other side of this, there's been over half a billion dollars invested just into our space, not restaurant tech, restaurant employee scheduling through private equity and venture capital. And that's fine. There's lots of tools. Were you first to market? Hot schedulers was out okay. there before us. Um, but we knew early on that we didn't want to serve chains. And so, you know, because to serve a chain, 
you're going to have to have a lot of stuff in there. And then you're kind of going to have to keep doing what they want you to do. Otherwise, like you're going to lose this big six figure. Yeah, contract but also, how many times has hot schedules been passed around? Right. Right. I mean, it's like they've been acquired now, what, three or four times? Yeah. They're owned by a British company, which is a private equity out of New York. Red box for a while or yeah. something like that. So it's, you know, it, which is fine. Look, I mean, there's, there's, we stay in our lane. I, I, we know what our lane is. Our lane is like, if you want a simple solution and you value great customer service and it, it's important to you who you do business with, we're a wonderful solution. Uh, if you need lots of bells and whistles and integrations and all that, like we don't even integrate with point of sales. We, we don't and we won't. Why won't you? Because um, we, we did it a little bit a few years back and all the things that we thought would happen happened. What were you worried about happening? Okay. So right now, today, if something happens with ScheduleFly, like something goes awry, we fix it right now. Yeah. Boom. Done. You build an integration. You got two systems talking together. Okay. It sounds great. Like the, the idea of integrations is fantastic. Like, oh, it's all just like this. Everything is, you know, hand in glove and it, it just syncs up and it does. Until it doesn't. Until it doesn't. Yeah. Until something changes. Okay. So somebody changes something over here and doesn't realize the cascading effect and all of a sudden this integration breaks and you got a problem. Well, so we do that. Now we got a customer calling saying, Hey, the integration isn't working. You know, we need you to fix this. We're trying to run a restaurant here. And we're going, oh, okay, no problem. Oh, we can't. We got to get the people over at the point of sale company. Oh, we got to get a ticket? Like, they're, uh, wait a minute. No, 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 guys. This needs to be fixed right now. They're, they have a different mentality, yeah. right? So then, like, we lose control. We've lost control of the situation. Now we got a customer who's never been upset with ScheduleFly for any reason whatsoever, who we've said, oh, look, this integration, it'll make things better. Well, now it's making things worse and they're upset. And I, you know, we don't want to point a finger. So we just said, you know what? No. Like, yeah. if you need that stuff, man, there's like a bunch of options. Like, there's a bunch of companies that do that. There's a bunch of companies that have a lot of bells and whistles. There's a place for that. But if you just want a really simple, clean tool and you want to make sure that you know that when you, you know, you call, you're going to get an answer, you're not going to get a ticket in the long line. Like, I mean, my personal cell phone is on our website right now, I think in two places. When I'm not doing what I'm doing right now, traveling for this podcast or whatever, our 800 number calls come to me wow. to this day. And I'll never change that. I, I love interacting with our customers. And you know why? Why? Because every time I get to talk to a customer. You're throwing that starfish back in the sea? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So who would you say your target market is today? Your, your ideal customer? It is, it's, you know, look, I mean, I've actually been surprised, Eric, because it, first of all, if you asked me in 2007, okay, 16 years from now, will any restaurants not have a scheduling software? I'd be like, of course not. No, they'll all have it. I mean, they'll have one within like five to 10 years. Yeah. We have a, probably have a five or 10 year work. To this day, there's tens of thousands of restaurants out there that, that don't. My daughter works for one. I mean, she literally works for a place where they, they take a screenshot of an Excel spreadsheet. And they this is a 19-year-old, right? And she gets an email. She's not, on, like, trying to help you out, Dad? Like, hey, you know my dad runs this company? <laughs> she has. That's the crazy thing. Like, see, you know, we, but she gets an email with a, with a screenshot of a spreadsheet to her and all of her 19, 20, 23, 24-year-old staff. And that's, that's her sketch. And then if anybody wants to try to trade shifts, they have their own text string that the staff created themselves to try to, it's, it's crazy. But 
that's good for us because I mean, like eventually you think, okay, well, they're probably going to grow into something. So we're, we're like perfect for all these folks that are growing into something. We occasionally have people that will outgrow us, if you will, where they say, look, this has been great. We've been using it five years. We, we want the integrations now. And I used to think that we could only serve, you know, restaurants or groups that got to a certain size and they're all going to outgrow us eventually because they're going to want all that other stuff. Right. Well, I've got evidence now, clear as day. I've got groups with 15 to 20, I say I, we have groups with 15 to 20 locations, five, six, 800 employees, very successful groups. Probably because you threw them back in the sea when they remember that. You know? Well, you know what? But here's the thing. They... You okay? Let me give you an example of like why somebody might want an integration. You say, okay, well, we we made this schedule, and Sarah is supposed to come in at you know ten a.m. and work until four p.m. and then I know what that costs, so I've got my my labor budget. I know I'm within budget, but what if Sarah checks in ten minutes early? If she clocks in early, then that costs me ten minutes extra of labor, and then you multiply that across you know x number of locations. So we need a we need a system to control that. So if I integrate and the schedule populates into the point of sale, Sarah can't clock in early. It's impossible for her to do it unless the manager needs her to come in early. Then he or she has to stop what they're doing to go over there and manipulate the point of sale to let them in. Okay. But that's a systemic uh, way to monitor behavior, right? Where we need this system to prevent you from clocking in early. Um, Then you say, you see, Folks that use ScheduleFly that have 15 or 20 locations and all these employees, well, what I've learned is these are all ones that have this phenomenal culture, and a big part of their culture is trust and teamwork and transparency and understand, helping their staff understand why if you're scheduled at 10, you don't clock in before 10 unless they ask you to. And they, they, man, they monitor it that way. They don't need a system to do it for them. It's part of their culture. So we've got these places that, you know, big red F out there for 12 years now or whatever, you know, and they're, they've got 16, 17 yeah. locations, one of the greatest groups in the country, and they love schedule fly. And, and that, honestly, that's where I see that that's the, the niche I see schedule fly feeding right now the what you described as entry level if if you're trying to get entry like if you, if you if you know you want to scale to like five or six locations but you got to start where you are now and you know that one of the most impactful things i can do is systematize my, my scheduling to take that burden off my managers schedule fly you know but if you do want if you if you do have the budget for an enterprise solution like a restaurant 365 or a restaurant systems pro my sponsor you know, I, I feel like I see and hope this doesn't come out wrong, but I see schedule flying being a stepping stone, a solution yeah. until you're ready for one of those things. And it's better than nothing. It's, 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 it's amazing is yeah. really what it is for what it does. You know, and that's how I see it. And, and, th- and those are two great companies. Um, we, we actually have, we actually, we have customers that use those companies either or for, uh, almost everything, but they, they They're still just like the, the, you know, we, again, there's so every technology, everything just keeps getting more and more and more. And there's just a place, I think, for a lot of people for just, I know this. It Like, if you look at Craigslist, you ever use Craigslist? 
Um, not so much UBI I have for like apartments and stuff like that. I mean, Craigslist looks kind of like it did. Yeah, it hasn't changed. It hasn't yeah. changed. And it's you know changing. what to do. And it's kind of refreshing when you go there like, okay, I just do this and this. I don't have to re-educate. My, it's just it works. It does its thing. And we've kind of taken that same approach. Like, I mean, the interface is not some sleek. You, like, it's, you know, it's basic. It's simple. It's clean. And it just works. And and if you need something, you know, you know you're going to get us. And yeah. people like that in a world where they're constantly having to learn and change and do. Yeah. So but you, you it hasn't just been Schedule 5 that's been your evolution because you started a podcast yeah and when did when did that come out well you know the funny thing is so eric we had you know when we started we had a blog and our blog would be like oh we added this new feature or whatever it was well first of all we weren't going to be we knew we weren't going to be adding a ton of stuff so we were going to run out of content second of all we we were like who, who cares like i mean do we really want a blog talking about us so we um I started calling some of our customers that own restaurants just said, man, can I like record our phone conversation and then take the audio file and, and just like put it on our blog and like maybe write some notes about our conversation. And, and was this before or after the book? This is before the book. This is okay. what, this is what led to the book. Oh, really? Yeah. So we, I go in and, and like, I would just literally, I had like a, like a $35 mic that plugged into my USB and I had a, um, I think it was time, it like a little ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like just it, it was like a little thin mic, and it just plugged oh, okay. in. And I would call people on speakerphone, and I would hold it, <laughs> you know, and I would just record the conversation. And then we would just we would embed it into our blog, and I would write like some summary notes and everything. And then um, we we realized we we're like, okay, well, this content's really good. Like these are some, I mean, like Dave Query was one of them. Scott Maitland here at top of the hill was one of them where I'm like, these, these people are, they're so smart. They're intentional. They're thoughtful. They're good at what they do. They've built great businesses. They can articulate it really well. Like, and nobody's really listening to it or going to our blog and like, well, how do we get this out there? And that was what led to the idea for the book because you could just, you know, by then you could self-publish a book. So just recorded a bunch of interviews and, you know, edited them down and sat there for, eight months at my desk for like six or eight hours a day, like literally myself, like transcribing <laughs> and I suck at typing and it took, you know, however long, probably eight or nine months to get this into a format. And then we, we put that book out there and, and, you know, kind of told our customers about it and it did really well. And then I realized the, the book was, I mean, we sold a lot of books. It was good, but, but what I, what I really wanted to capture was the emotion and the passion. You, you can't do that as well with the written word. It's why your podcast is so good. Cause you, you know, you, you can capture where somebody really comes alive, right? right? Where you hit on a topic yeah, where they just, they're, they just light up and you, you can't capture that in a book. You can capture it in audio. You can capture it in video. And so that's when we started thinking, okay, well, you know, and I was, I was an early adopter of podcasts. I liked listening to podcasts. And so we started doing that. And then we started making some films, which we did for a long time of just going and sharing these stories, stories in a format that was, you know, you know, people could listen and, and, and watch. We did films for a while. That got expensive. Uh, we hadn't done one in a little while, but what, what was the film? I didn't know you had a film. Was that just if we've done? We did a series of, of restaurant owner, like owners this. uncorked. <laughs> you know what we would do is is uh, like if you go to um, if you go to Schedule Fly's website and you click the media link, um, there's we still have some of those films on there. One of them is called um, the Story of Sup Dogs. 
you should have Brett Oliverio on your podcast. Uh, Sup Dogs is uh, in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, and then here in Chapel Hill. That's are the, they off of uh, Wake Forest Road? No, no, they're they're in um, they're in Chapel Hill on Franklin Street, and they're down in Greenville, North Carolina, where East Carolina is. Okay. Uh, Sup Dogs. That story is the coolest story I've come across. Period. In all the all these years. Why? Um, watch the film it, it, it let's just say that we made like a six minute film about brett the owner and his story and and how his brother had started that restaurant and a tragedy and and what's happened since uh that film will will it will make you tear up and it'll make you cheer i will try to get that in the show notes we'll um, to it yeah it's fantastic it's it's on our site actually if you go to sup dogs they have it on there. I mean, we did it probably six years ago. They still, to this day, have it on their website. SUP as an S-U-P, SUP, like SUP, yeah. SUPdogs.com. Um, but it's on their website. And I've just always, you know, like you, man, I just, I like sharing stories. I, yeah. I like hearing people's stories. I like sharing their stories. Um, it's a great excuse to travel. It's a great excuse <laughs> to travel. I don't travel as much. I, I lo- your, your energy, man, when you tell me your travel schedule, it's amazing. Um, I travel some. I'm doing a lot of these via Zoom now. Uh, but again, you know, for us, the podcast is uh, it's a way to you've, – you've talked about this. We talked about this earlier. You know, people want to feel appreciated. Yeah. They want to feel like they matter. They want to feel – I mean, everybody loves sharing their story. Now, some don't want to share it on a podcast or whatever, but some do. And it's a great way for us to, you know, get to know our customers yeah. and share their stories. I think now's a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to talk about how your perspective of the industry has changed. How many episodes have you recorded? You've been around for a while now. We're a uh, 470 something. Yeah, you've learned a thing or two. Yeah, for sure. We'll be right back. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often restaurant systems pro if you've become interested i highly recommend you sign up for the restaurant system pro 60 day pilot program this is something that's never been done before this 60 day event is at no cost to you but it's not for everyone fred langley ceo of restaurant systems pro will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the restaurant systems pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time, these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. P. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back. Um, so I want to know, 
how has your perspective on the industry changed, if, if at all, since starting this podcast? Uh, well, I, I thought that, much like you, I, I thought I would learn a lot, and I always had this dream. I was like, I want to have my own restaurant one day. <laughs> um, I don't want to have my own restaurant now. I'm a fan of the game. I love the game. Um, I love the people in this industry. I've, I have come to appreciate and respect the people that are in this industry more than I could have ever imagined that I would when we started with schedule fly. I mean, you know, Wes had this idea, Wes created the, um, software. Wes has written all of our code. I, I had worked in, like I had worked as like a busser one summer and made sauce in one summer, but I didn't have any real appreciation for what it takes to be successful in this industry. I didn't have any real appreciation for how dynamic and diverse and amazing and colorful and fun and thoughtful and intentional and giving the people in this industry are until we started serving the industry at schedule fly until I started, you know, doing the podcast and working on the book and interviewing all these folks. My level of respect and appreciation for this industry is, is absolutely phenomenal. I love it. I love what we do. I love our business. I love every single day. I love the people we serve truly heartfelt. Don't think that I have it in me to, to do it. Um, but I absolutely love being a part of it in right. some tangential way and well, hopefully adding something to the mix. I mean, you know, part and part of the last thing about the podcast would be that, as you've said, this is an industry of people that give, they constantly give, they're always giving and they give back to the communities they serve in. And so we thought, okay, look, we're serving hospitality. A, we should provide them the same level of service that they would provide their customers. And B, what can we do to give back to the community we serve? Well, sharing stories and creating content that inspires and educates is one thing. So what are the biggest lessons you've learned? The things that just weren't even on your radar? How's your, how's your perspective? Obviously you, you now know how difficult it is, but what are the commonalities? What is, what, like, what's the best advice you, you see pop up time and time again? What are the patterns? Well, you know, I think first, I think that, you know, the guys you had on here earlier, Dave and Dave have nailed a lot of that. I mean, I, I find that the folks that, um, that I've gotten to know well, that I have a massive amount of respect for, are, are very humble. Uh, they're very giving. They are always deflecting attention. They are um, extremely hardworking, and they care very, very deeply about the people on their team and the people that they serve and the people in their community. I mean, there, there's no industry that I know of where with just – consistently amazing people as the restaurant industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so was that news to you? Like you knew that, right? I didn't know the industry well enough to truly yeah. know that. I yeah. mean, you grew up in it. You got it. I didn't, I didn't really know that. I just thought we have a, this is a good software and I think, you know, and restaurants will use this and this, but no, not until I really started to get in. And now I'm at a point where like, you know, I'll go and travel and I'll, I'll, I'll become friends with customers. I'll stay in their homes. And, you know, and the craziest thing is it never turns off, right? Like, like I mentioned Dave Query, when I stay with, with he and Dana, like 
their it's hospitality in their home. It's kind of their their look. I'll go looks. Maybe you need some. You know, can I make you some coffee? Like they're it just it's in their DNA and it just never stops. And I just I find that to be a, a wonderful, uh, just amazing aspect of the people that really truly are, are the best at what they do in this industry. I'm curious because something I'm trying to be better about here at Restaurant Unstoppable is not so much focusing on the past, but focusing on the the present and the future. Mm. So along those lines, like where, where do you think we're headed based off the interviews? Do you, do you talk about the future of the industry a lot in the show? We do. Um, I mean, I, one of the things that we've, we've talked, I've talked a lot about recently has been just the industry, um, has finally, I think collectively started to recognize the importance of mental health, of physical health, of financial health, of self-care, of um, providing a true career path for people, not just a a stopover. Um, It's getting better at it. There's a lot of work to be done. It's an industry that's had um, so many issues for so long that in a very healthy way are being addressed substance abuse has been an issue you've got but you've got wonderful opportunities now like you look at what um steve palmer and the folks at ben's friends are doing i mean these are great things that this industry needs to continue to just to foster um i think there's there's a it's crazy i think we don't as a as a human race i don't think we give ourselves enough credit we talk about like transformation over time like i'm 37 soon to be 38 in a couple months and I just think about the way the world's changed since I've been around um, on like a sociopolitical standpoint, like I hate to get political here, but when like, I was a kid, like it wasn't like a big deal to call somebody like a fag. You know what I mean? Like that's just what you, like it was just a word you used. Yeah. And I'm only using that in context right now. I would never use that word sure. to call somebody, but like we just threw it around and it wasn't a big deal. I'm like, if like, if you did anything that would even suggest you might be gay, like you're like, Oh my God, my life's over. You know right. what I mean? And like, that's just one example of a social political transformation where I think today people just don't care. No, it's like an aftermath. I and mean, that's only in like, you know, 30 years, you know? And I think about even just the, just any spectrum of just so, some social political, like vertical, we're just learning so much and people are getting access to information. Like, so fast, you know, and no matter where you are, we have access to information. So I think there's like this, this crazy cultural evolution happening right now, faster than ever before at any other point. And it's only getting faster, you know, like, like what's the future, you know, what are your thoughts on the future? Man, that's a deep one, bro. Uh, I'll, I'll say specifically with, you know, the restaurant industry is, there is no industry in the world that is as diverse and welcoming and caring of, look, it's the most meritocratic industry there is. It doesn't matter your race, your socioeconomic background. This industry creates opportunity for diversity. You it know? creates like, tons of opportunity yeah. for it. It is the most diverse industry there is, and it is the most welcoming. And it's what I love about it is, it doesn't matter where you got your, whether you got a degree or not, where you come from. It, all that matters is, are you willing to show up, be a part of our team, embrace our culture, treat your teammates with respect and love, treat our guests with respect and love? And if so, this industry, the, 
the sky's the limit, right? There is no limit if, if you have that man, mindset and that mentality in this industry. I, that's, I don't know other industries that will well, embrace yeah, anybody right. from anywhere, well, of, of any place, of any race. Why, of any, why do we do that? Why does the restaurant industry yeah. do that? It's a good question, man, because I Our think thoughts. the people that, if, you know, the people that are in this industry uh, are a, they're a loving, giving people. And that's what the whole industry is all about. It's giving to others and welcoming people. I mean, what is hospitality? Welcoming people into our home. Welcome. I think change happens in the restaurant industry first. And this is why when I say like my mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And if we transform the industry, we transform, transform the, the world. world. Because if the, this industry has so much influence, you saw it like, I mean, first, like, if you're new to this country, like you don't speak the language, like you're likely going to, you know, get a job in a restaurant first. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Also, we tend to hire the people who can't get jobs anywhere else. Yep. You know, like we are very like we're a point of entry back into society for villains, you know, for or just first time entry for like young people who have ulterior perspectives. Sometimes young people are generally tend to be more forward thinking. Yep. So you have to accommodate their perspectives because they're your employees, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then like, the, I think about like the whole world, like tattoos, like 15, 20 years ago, like, like you had to cover up your tattoos. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was just kind of like the restaurant industry was like, I can't find anybody who doesn't have tattoos. So fuck it. Like we're go sleep, roll up your sleeves and yeah. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we just embraced it. So we embrace change like any other, like no other industry, yeah. you know? And I think what ends up happening is the, the world catches up to us. You know, um, the restaurant industry is the the leading bleeding edge of well, change. In, in many ways, we're like yeah. we're so slow to change, we're like in terms of technology. Yeah. But at the same time, because if we if we if we can fast track the restaurant industry to the leading edge of evolution, then I think that the re- the restaurant industry is the only industry that has the ability to really influence everybody else because we are an industry of influencers. Yep. You know, it's what we do. Yeah, and I think the industry is embracing technology a lot faster these days. I mean, there's there's a massive amount of technology, a massive amount of investment into the industry. I think you're a beautiful example of just how guilty the industry has been over time of being narrow-minded. Like, we serve food. But the truth is, this industry spins so much other opportunity for, for satellite industry. And if you're somebody who has solved a problem within the restaurant industry, there's a good chance there's a thousand other people with the same problem as you. You can turn that pro- that problem into a product. Yeah. And 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 like that's what's happening right now. You're seeing it all all the time. Yeah. You know. So like this, I don't know. Like it's such a cool industry. You know, like like. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it, dude. I, look, I, like I said, I, I'm a fan of the game. I mean, I think that if you can be successful in this industry, look, I mean, we. It's, it's, you have to, the the number of things you have to learn, uh, and whether it's learning and delegating, but just the number of things that you have to figure out in this industry, you touch every aspect of the economy. It's just, it's, if you can, if you can run a successful restaurant or group of restaurants and keep your cool and not get burned out and do it for a long time and figure out that alchemy of like, you know, embracing your skill sets and delegating and, leading this group of people i just find it like i have so much respect for i think it's very very hard because at the end of the day it is a tough it's a tough industry and it's any single moment of any single day or any single night could lead to lord knows what kind of disasters and i watch people handle stuff 
with such calm and such cool. And I just think that that's a special skill. Yeah. And it's also just like transferable life skills. And that's the, I think one of the things that like I love, I get really excited about in this industry is we touch so many young lives. Yeah. Most people's first job is either retail or the restaurant industry. And I'm pretty sure the restaurant industry is winning on that front. Most people's first job is the restaurant industry. Oh, for sure. And where we're going with the restaurant industry with open book management and like treating our little businesses like real businesses, we are taking these lessons and we're injecting we're injecting them into the next generation of professionals from the get-go. Yeah. These people who are very influ- like very malleable, right? So not only are we giving them these business skills with like open book management, but we're also saying, "Hey, like here here are our values and here's how you should treat people. And I don't know, man, there's just no better industry to influence the next generation of professionals. Yeah. So like, that's the shit that gets me excited about the future. I love it, man. Yeah. It's just like we have it, but we have to be aware of it. Yeah. You know, like you have to be aware of it to, to make change. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's the kind of stuff that kind of gets me excited about this podcast. What gets you excited about your podcast? Oh man. I mean, I, I, if it look, you know, we have a business to run and I love running schedule fly. I love everything I do with schedule fly. If I could, if I could just talk to people all day long for our podcast, I would do it. I enjoy, I just, I'm a, I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people. I like learning from people. I like sharing stories. It is a great way personally for me to get to know our customers. I mean, you got to keep in mind, like we have, Close to six thousand restaurants that use ScheduleFly. They pay us an average, you know, whatever thirty, forty, fifty bucks a month, or whatever it is. Like, you know, like it, it's hard to have any one-on-one connection when that's when that's it, right? That's our whole platform, and it's just a simple software, and you know, it's not some big investment where it's a long sales. Cycle. I mean, we've never even made a sales call, right? We don't we don't do demos, so I, I very much like to be customer facing. I like to talk to customers. It's why I get the calls. I enjoy these conversations more than anything. And again, like, I mean, it's, it's every, every podcast is a, is a starfish. I mean, it's a way to, for me to get to know people on a much deeper level than just, Hey, they're a customer. Like, I don't look at any customers. Like we don't have like a spreadsheet with like, you know, we're looking at our ARR and our customer acquisition. I mean, our customer acquisition cost is zero. Like it's just word of mouth. Right. So, um, we're very different than most businesses in that way. It's just every single person that we serve, I can't touch all of them individually, but everyone I can is just important to me because I care about the people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to care about the people in this industry. Though. It totally. Is. Cause it's what goes around comes around. You know, like you said, like this is the, this is the expectation that this is what our customers do for their guests. And we should reciprocate and give our customers with, you know, what goes around comes around, you know. I've worked in other industries. I've I've had customers in other industries. I've never I've that they've been jobs yeah. and things that I did. But th- this is like I never want to stop uh, working in or around or tangentially to the restaurant industry. Well. Actually, now's a good time to take a break. Thank our sponsors, and we'll continue this vein of thought. Restaurant Unstoppable Network is back, baby, and we're better than ever before. We already have six live events in the works, and we're just getting started. If you sign up for Restaurant Unstoppable Network right now, you can be a part of these six live events. We have Casey Anton, the author of Profit First for Restaurants, talking about 
profit first. We have Christine Miles, the author of What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? And It's Costing You a Lot. Tom Sterner, the author of The Practicing Mind, Fully Engaged, and It's Just a Thought to Help You Get Into That Right that right Mindset and to Will Your Future Into Existence. We have Kathleen Wood, the woman behind one thing who's helped so many of our past guests focus and channel their energy to doing one thing really well. We have Mike Payton, the former chief visionary officer or whatever title you want to call it, but he was the guy behind the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, uh, the, the, the traction library of books. We're going to get him in the network to talk about EOS. And we have Dave Nitzel and Dave Domzalski, co-authors of the bar shift and hospitality DNA to talk about their findings in their most recent book, hospitality DNA. We have a great lineup coming your way. And all you have to do is head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash whatever the episode number is. You'll find a link and a banner for RU network. Click the link, get a 30-day no-strings-attached trial, and the first 50 people to sign up will get a free Restaurant Unstoppable t-shirt. And if you opt in to the annual plan, I'll throw in a Restaurant Unstoppable hat and a mug. But you got to act fast because these are going to go real quick, I have a feeling. And thank you for your support. We're back. And we were just talking about this industry and how it influences and, you know, I think that we're coming to this point where the pendulum swinging in a direction where the, the, the restaurant industry is going to become leading edge because you look at a lot of our issues, it's a, it's around energy and waste, right? And how much of the world's pollution comes from food mm-hmm. and waste, a big chunk of it. Yeah. Um, we, we, we throw away, like I think I heard like we throw away 50% of the food we make. Meanwhile, there's people starving and then there's the, the waste, the byproduct, the packaging yep. associated with food. I feel like the more we learn, the more we realize that the restaurant industry is part of that solution. Cause if we can start, you know, moving the food closer to the restaurants and then serving people on a plate, like the carbon footprint to that is far less than packaging it in like de- it's like almost like decentralizing, decommercializing the food and like the food industry, but into a hospitality industry. Yeah. And like you look at like leaders like Danny Meyer, right, with like enlightened hospitality and his perspectives and how that influenced. He wrote that as a business book, not for the restaurant industry, but for all industries. Yeah. And then you have now Will Will uh, Guadera with um, unreasonable, unreasonable hospitality. Yeah. And like yeah. the restaurant industry's taken over, man. I feel like it's happening. <laughs> I'm making uh, the statement right now. I'm, I'm calling it. You're calling it. Well, I mean, yes, it is. It has the opportunity to be on the very leading edge of that. No doubt about it. I was talking with earlier when we were talking to Dave and Dave, like I, I had this idea and I, this is me just dreaming. I don't know the, the real economics of this, but I, I, I like to, and I joke that if I'm ever president, I'm going to lobby for uh, a hospitality driven economy or like a like global hospitality where instead of moving foods and goods to people, I think we should move the people to the foods and goods and bring the money from like the first world countries into the second world countries and the third world countries and give people market value, not even market value, but like, 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 Hey, you want bananas? You want pineapples? Go to where they're grown and support that economy Yeah, and bring some back. You want them to ship those to you? Great. I think you should pay through the nose personally. Like if you have to ship something across the world to get to you, like you should pay a stupid tax on that. Everyone's probably shaking their head. Like, why would you say this, Eric? But like, I see what you're saying. I think we're I mean, right so now, privileged. Yeah. Oh, we're we're very privileged, man. We have access to everything. But if you we do want. that, like, yeah. you're going to encourage people to use more strawberries and blueberries if you're from the Northeast. Yeah. You know, like that grows here. 
Yeah. Like how do we utilize what we have? And then you reduce carbon footprint. You're putting money, you're keeping money in communities. And if you want those things when they're in season, you're going to have a huge tourism. Like people are going to come. It's blueberry season in Maine. Like, let's go, you know? Yep. You know what well, you talk, you mentioned a couple of really great leaders and I mean, there, there's lots of those folks in this industry and they are continuing to push the edge of like, how, how do we, how do we get our, you know, first of all, what is local food? Like, how do you define local? But, but that, yes, the industry is moving um, in that direction. The industry has the opportunity to lead in that direction. I think about like one of my influences is the company Patagonia and Yvonne Chouinard, who, you know, built this great business, uh, and, but then constantly look, said, like, look, okay, so we make clothes. We have a, we have a big footprint. Like, what do we, how do we continue to decrease that footprint? The reason we have, you know, organic cotton now is he figured out how to go out and make shirts out of organic cotton or the dyes that we use. Like, so people like that, uh, that are leaders in that, in, in an industry can go out and, use technology and use their passion and make change that, you know, then everybody embraces. Right. And I think there's people in this industry and in the hospitality right. that are doing I, that. I'm now. thinking like, of, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, like Danny Meyer and some right. of his peers. I'm thinking of uh, Prakash and I'm sorry, Prakash, I'm not going to be able to say your last name. It's, it's a beautiful last name, but I will butcher it, <laughs> but he's one of the co-founders of balance grill. And uh, I think they're based out of I, uh, Idaho. I don't know. Idaho. Um, in oh, Ohio, um, balance grill. I, totally blown away with what these guys are doing. Um, they're, they vertically integrated hydroponics into their operation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're literally like they, the, the food goes across the hall to the restaurant and this technology is available. Yeah. Like we can all replicate this. We're reducing the carbon footprint. We're vertically integrating, you know, our businesses, creating more opportunity outside of just serving food, but like jobs for farmers. Yeah. Um, and it's like to the point you're trying to make, it just takes one person yeah. that's willing to figure it out. And once you figure it out, you have the blueprint, you yeah. know, but I think what kind of scares me sometimes is the people who are figuring out this stuff, like the, like the robotics and like the, the farming, um, they're, they're still holding their information close to their chest because it's, it's cutting edge. Yeah. You know, they don't want trade secrets being let out, but I, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of wish people would be more, some will. They will. Yeah. It, it, I'm thinking of, um, what is that restaurant? Um, Daniel Blue bought it. He's a partner. It's a spice. They use the induction burners. Okay. And it's all like robotic. Yeah. But they're like, refuse to talk about their technology. It's like, fuck them. Come on, guys. Like, come I realize on. this is right. a capitalistic like, country, but like, share that information. Let's be a part of the change. Uh, you know? Somebody else will figure that out. Yeah. Then, uh, they'll know? figure it out eventually. You're right. But I just feel like so much good happens when we share knowledge. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why we're here, right? right. Yeah. Um, Will, this has been a lot of fun, dude. Um, we're still shy of an hour. <laughs> so if there's anything else you want to talk about, we can get it out. Man, look, Eric, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, like you, I'm a, I am love the industry. I think what you're, the, the passion and energy and enthusiasm and thought and intention that you put into what you do is infectious. It's contagious. I love it. Uh, I'm proud of you for what you've done. We did talk 10 years ago and I, I listened to this young man telling me about traveling around in his car and wanting to build this podcast. And man, there's just certain people where you, there's a lot of people that want to do things. There's a lot of people that have ideas. Everybody has ideas, but then there's those that actually go and do it. And I could tell then I knew you were going to do it. I've been telling people ever since. And here you are. Thank you. It's been amazing to watch. I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, 
when you have your restaurant or your restaurant group one day, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But until then, um, I, I just keep doing what you're doing because it does matter. And look, you think really big. You you have big grand visions and you want to change the world and you think restaurants should be changing the world. And man, look, anything for anything to happen in any business it just takes energy. It, it it just takes energy. Energy is what makes things happen. And if somebody's putting the energy in, it's like, you know, Yvonne and Yvonne Chouinard at Patagonia. I mean, they amazing change. It's just one person with care, passion, and energy can move mountains and you're, you're doing it, dude. Thank you. And thank you should you. be proud of yourself. I appreciate that. And I, uh, I am proud. I am proud. So thank you very much for that, that recognition. And, uh, likewise, man, um, you know, you're, you're impressive too, with your podcast, doing what you're doing, sharing the knowledge. You have a whole product behind it. I can't even imagine how you're doing the podcast and managing the business on the back end of that. So, I mean, it's impressive and you're providing a great service to the industry in, in, in schedule fly, you know, it's, thank you, man. It's helping a lot of people. And, uh, I love that you're throwing the, the starfish back in, man. <laughs> we toss them back in every yeah. day. I, I, we can't toss them all, but you know what? It makes a difference to each one. So how do we connect with you? If we enjoy listening to your conversation, um, where are you? Where can we find you? Just just go to schedulefly.com. Um, you know, that's our that's our website. Um, if, if you want to try Schedulefly, we do a 30-day free trial. If you want to hear the podcast, click the media link. You'll see the story of Sup Dogs and some other films. You'll see links to the podcast. Um, my personal cell phone number is right there on the – I know it's on the free trial sign-up page. It may be somewhere else, but uh, you are literally welcome to take that number and call me direct or text me. I'm happy to talk to you uh, anytime about any of this stuff. And this is episode 1010. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 1010. We'll uh, link to Schedulefly over there and we'll have a summary of today's discussion. And Will, it's, it was so great to meet you in person, man. Known you for over 10 years, almost 10 years now. Uh, and uh, you're just as pleasant in person as you are over Zoom. And everyone just has amazing things to say about you. So, Likewise, brother. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Cheers, my man. <laughs> There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Will Browley, for coming on. And dude, man, I can't believe it's been almost 10 years since we first had you on the show. If you have not subscribed to his podcast, Restaurant Owners Uncorked, you are missing out. I'm pretty sure it's on all major podcast players. So do subscribe and support this dude. He's doing good work. And also, if you're not leveraging a labor management platform, Schedulefly has been around for 16 years. They're a solid solution in labor management is one of those things that you need to systematize as soon as possible when opening a restaurant. 25, 35% of your total expenses go to labor. Get that shit dialed in. You won't regret it. What else do we have to tell you? Uh, I also just, I want to say thank you to specifically to Dave Domzowski and Dave Nitzel and Will Browley. I was not in my finest form during these interviews. Uh, Long story short, I had some health issues. I drove 14 hours down to North Carolina, maybe got three hours of sleep in 48 hours, and I was in pain during these interviews. And um, they just they were very patient with me. And so if I seemed aloof during these conversations, <laughs> that is exactly why. Uh, but you know, I think we were able to crank out some pretty good stuff, all things considered. And uh, 
do want to let you know we have some workshops coming at you in the network right now. If you sign up for the network, you're going to get free books when you RSVP to these workshops. And we're going to get you a free shirt. And if you opt into the annual plan, you will get a hat and a restaurant stoppable mug. Right now is the time to sign up for the network. The first workshop we have is with Dave Nips, Dave Mitzel and Dave Domzelski. It's going to be on aligning guest expectation, team motivations, and your marketing strategy. Uh, so that will be August 7th at 4 p.m. We also have Christine Miles. You might remember that name. Uh, she's the author of What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? On August 21st, she's going to be live in the network at 3.30 p.m. Eastern to talk about the recipe for making a lasting impact on your restaurant through listening. These workshops are coming back. They're stronger than ever. Now is the time to sign up for the network and to be a part of the conversation. And I can't say goodbye without saying thank you to the people who make this show possible. Thank you to Jared Parisi for your copywriting and editing. Thank you to Callan Miola for your work as our new community manager. And thank you to Anna Tazen for your executive counsel and support. Uh, check her out at the Good Kind Consulting. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.